Welcome to the Women in Public Policy Program Seminar Series Podcast at the Harvard Kennedy School. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Women in Public Policy Program Seminar. I'm Victoria Budson, the Executive Director here. And our work focuses on closing gender gaps in the areas of economic opportunity, political participation, education, and health. Today we have a wonderful talk planned by Jana Galis, who is a postdoctoral fellow here at the Kennedy School. And her work focuses on looking at different types of incentives, and particularly symbolic incentives. Today she's going to talk with us about a broad study that was done at Wikipedia, which was a natural experiment that looks at the duration of stay of new editors, what their retention rates were, and whether or not one could shift those by using different types of mechanisms of symbolic awards. She's uh, highly published already and has published in the Journal of Strategic Management, Labor Economics, and Applied Economics. We're so pleased to have her in our community and to have been a regular participant in our seminar. You are welcome to ask her questions during the course of the talk. Today's conversation and discussion will be podcast. And I'm now going to give the floor to our director here at the Women in Public Policy Program, Iris Bennett. Uh, yes, I just wanted to make an additional kind of announcement. Um, so Jana, I should also say, is on the job market right now. And so this is a particularly important talk for her because it's also a talk that going to give at places where she would like uh, to be hired. So I think we should give our normal comments that we would normally give, but also keep that in mind, kind of helping her give the most powerful and effective talk that she possibly can. Thank you. With that, Jana, we're delighted to have you. Thank you very much for this kind introduction. And I'm sincerely looking forward to your comments because I've experienced this and I've participated now in almost all the, the talks that have been giving, given in this seminar and I've experienced this very productive environment. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions, feel free to interrupt me at any point, suggestions, ideas, um, my ears are open. With that said, today we'll focus on knowledge production. So people's willingness to contribute their ideas, knowledge, time and effort to a common product. In the first part of this talk we'll address a challenge namely upholding people's motivation to contribute to a common knowledge resource and this will be the part that is like my job talk um, which is about the Wikipedia field experiment. So how can you retain volunteers and uphold, foster their motivation over the long run when their intrinsic motivation or initial motivation might not be enough anymore. And the second part will then focus on another challenge, namely um, recent results that have shown that in male type domains, even high ability women under contribute their ideas. They are reluctant to contribute their ideas to a group for various reasons, but mostly what has been shown, it is it has to do with beliefs. So how can we or can we use awards and symbolic recognition to address those two challenges? This is what this talk will be about. Now, when I'm talking about awards here in the US, everybody will have some in mind, some image, one or another. Some might be thinking of um, images like this, but if we're talking about academia or knowledge production, probably most of us will think about the Nobel Prize or other sorts of prizes like the Clark Medal in economics here, uh, theoretical physics and many other medals. And as we see here, we might have 
reason to talk about awards and gender, right? <laughs> 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 the faces on these medals. And I did look for Marie Curie, after all, among six people who've received the Nobel Prize twice, only six in the history. Marie Curie, Curie was one of them. Well, and there's now been uh, an award that has been created by the European Union, but it's, I think nobody has heard of it. So there's still <laughs> reason to, to believe that some more female uh, faces could be on those medals. And we also see that there's a national medal, which we can also see, this was Science and Academia here. Another area that's important for knowledge production, innovation and technology. Here we have the national medal of technology, which most of you probably know, but also many other, also local uh, examples here from Harvard and MIT, and all those innovation contests that we know, the famous Longitude Prize um, in Great Britain that try to encourage people to come up with ideas of how we can find out where exactly a ship is located so that there wouldn't be as many shipwrecks in the um, early 18th century. So many, and there are many other examples. Just to broaden our minds about what we are talking about when we are talking about awards. It's not just the employee of the month. Also when we are looking at arts and culture, also an important area for knowledge production. We have yet different forms of awards that most of us will probably know. Also again, a national medal here, but also many other examples that I haven't even listed. So we see there's a great variety of awards in those different fields in many different forms, ranging from small pins and needles to large prizes and trophies, um, bestowed by different givers in the public sector, in the for-profit sector, but also um, in the private sector, in a sheer un, um, uncountable number of countries, and a different at, given at different times, almost throughout history. So awards are widespread. Now, to give you to orient this discussion also, in this talk, I will be, I will be focusing on ex-post awards, as opposed to those, for example, innovation prizes, which are clearly announced ex-ante incentives. With, I'm talking more about uh, prizes like the Nobel Prize that are given after the behavior, after the excellent behavior has been observed. This is interesting to look at because it is really most distinct from normal monetary incentives. We can see, and this makes it interesting to study awards as a separate phenomenon, we can see that awards differ from money in, along various dimensions. First of all, and very important for the issue of retention, awards are meant to create bounds of loyalty between the giver and the recipient. And in fact, this was the original purpose of creating orders in Europe, to get the recipient's loyalty. So the giver wanted to receive to, to ensure the recipient's loyalty. Also awards, these ex-post awards can be based on broad performance, so they can be used where you cannot exactly define ex-ante and then measure ex-post the performance of agents. They can be given for a lifetime's work, for achie broader achievements that would be almost impossible to exactly qu quantify. And this is important for intrinsic motivational reasons because you do not need to control people, they do not need to be to feel as if they were controlled, which crowds out people's tends to crowd out people's intrinsic motivation. Rather, their general effort is being recognized. Also, in stark contrast to monetary incentives, awards are given publicly, whereas in many firms you're not even allowed to talk about the bonus and wages that you receive. And last but not least, most awards are not taxed. But, yes, please. Um, so, Jana, on those two slides, um, I was wondering whether there's an intersection or interaction between ex-ante ex and ex-post, 
and monetary versus non-monetary awards, right? Couldn't one imagine, um, so first of all, so this is more job talk comment, I think you went quickly fr from the ex-post, uh, ex-ante slide to the monetary versus award slide. Like, mm -hmm. So I don't know, are you still talking ex-ante, ex-post, or are we now talking about a different category of things? Mm -hmm. Couldn't those two categories happen matter for both ex ante and ex post type of awards, or are you saying ex post is always non-monetary and ex ante is always monetary? Yeah. See what I'm saying? Thank I could you. see a two by two matrix, but I'm not sure that makes sense, but if you actually want to do two by two, but I don't know how important that is to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I also don't know whether ex ante, ex post is something that everyone knows about, mm -hmm. not something I was aware of, that was a big distinction. So uh, I would focus on what's really important for your analysis. I mean, fo you focus our attention on the kinds of distinctions of frameworks that are really relevant for where you want to take us with your talk. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. I should also point out that ex-post awards can become ex-ante awards in a certain way. So if you know there is an award, and if you're close to receiving the Nobel Prize, you know you're somehow, well, some, like the Nobel Prize being an ex-post award for a lifetime's achievement, um, you, it can become an ex-ante incentive, a clear incentive. Yet an important distinction that I should make is that the clarity of the criteria. So with ex-ante incentive, I'm thinking about, as with monetary incentives, the criteria for receiving this award are very clear. And normally I use an example that from my experience I, I wrote my master's thesis in an, with an insurance company where I observed different kinds of awards and I first realized they are not talking about the same kinds of awards I'm interested in. What they were talking about mostly were awards that were given to the person who sold most contracts, which is clearly measurable. Everybody can see it and it's highly automated. So there is not this signal also not, no signal of loyalty or not, no special signal if the award giver bestows the award because everybody knows this person is supposed to receive the award anyway. Mm -hmm. So yes, I will make that distinction more clear in the future, thank you. Yeah. With that said, if we're thinking, coming back to the Nobel Prize example, the Nobel laureates, and now thinking about awards as a motivational instrument, we, ask, we have to ask ourselves whether the, those awards just crown the individuals who are already the most successful, or already the most motivated and the best performers, or whether the awards actually have an additional impact on their future behavior. And this is important to distinguish because we might be giving out awards with no avail, awards that don't actually have a further motivating effect. In fact, they could even reduce future performance. Those recipients could move back. And it is very tricky to identify the causal, the ex post causal effect of awards because by definition those awards are meant to be given to those who are the best. So there's now an emerging literature on awards, so this issue has gained um, traction and more and more interest. Many studies look, however, on awards as ex ante incentives with clearly announced criteria in more, most often in an organizational, in an employment context. I would tend to say all of them cannot exclude that the awards have material or career-related benefits down the road. So we can imagine if I receive an award from, my, from a manager, this could have eventually, if I put this on my CV, this could have a, a positive effect on my career. And so if my economics colleagues could still say, well, if you do find that the award has an effect, it's not, you cannot say that this is because of the recognition and the status that the award confers. 
it is because the award has clear, tangible benefits, material benefits for their recipients. So of course we observe that they are motivating. Who wouldn't like to receive a better office or um, better co-authors in the future or even better positions? Lastly, so with all in the awards literature, what is always a struggle, a problem we are grappling with, also in my other studies, um, is identifying clearly identifying causality, the causal effect of awards, but in a natural field environment. So if you use observational data, for example, with matching techniques, you come, you always come, um, are confronted with criticism with regards to your identification strategy. If you use awards in the labs, people can argue, well, the award isn't really meaningful and what we are thinking of if we're talking about meaningful awards. So ideally, what you want to do is you want to find a jury that allows you to randomize who will get the award. But believe me, this is very difficult. I haven't yet uh, made progress on that <laughs> part. So what I, the route that I chose is trying to establish my own award, but a meaningful award. And for this, I needed collaborators from the field, and as a sort of rallying cry, you need a problem to address, else you won't convince anybody to, to start an award. This problem turns out um, came towards me through my second passion besides awards. I'm very interested in peer production, online people's motivation to contribute to online public goods, and this is where Wikipedia comes in. Those millions of editors who just being registered and identifiable under their pseudonyms contribute a tremendous amount of time and effort to providing us with this public good that we are all using. I think I don't have to read out those numbers to convince you that Wikipedia has been a surprising success story, and for economists in particular. Um, yet, Wikipedia faces a very a severe challenge looking into the future, which is the retention of its editors. This graph was not produced by me, it, um, but here are the authors, Halbacher and his um, colleagues. They have produced this graph for the English language Wikipedia. The picture looks almost the same in other language Wikipedias. So the, um, the number of editors that we have that are contributing to Wikipedia is on a sharp decline. And um, the authors of the studies have identified newcomer retention in particular to be a problem for various very interesting reasons. For instance, Wikipedia was created in 2001. Since its, its creation, there have been more and more rules that have mm -hmm. been established. Also, Wikipedia has become more, more important, for example, for companies, for how they are presented on Wikipedia. This makes it a natural point of attack of, um, from vandals who just want to look good on Wikipedia. So you need rules to make sure there are no vandals. And all these rules, of course, make it very difficult for newcomers to set foot <coughs> and to penetrate, to come into this community. They are more likely to receive a, criti a critical message in the beginning, warning them of, about their account, for example, being blocked, than a welcoming, a really welcoming message, not like a standard text box. And this problem of newcomer retention, I should also point out, is not something that is only specific to Wikipedia. It is, in fact, a problem that many organizations, online and offline, have to deal with the retention of employees. Google is just one example, retention of female employees, for example. Um, and it is a particularly daunting challenge where you can use neither contracts nor standard economic incentives, and in particular money, to motivate people think of Wikipedia, this would be impossible. And in this specific instance, awards 
it is particularly interesting to see whether honor, awards, recognition can have an impact and can somehow partly mitigate this problem. So the question is, can those purely symbolic awards be used to retain newcomers on Wikipedia? To find out, I collaborated and first I contacted many Wikipedians who um, I was lucky enough they were willing to address this problem together with me because it is a problem for their community and they saw merit in this thought and also in evaluating whether, whether awards could help in this regard. And this, I have to really stress this, this collaboration with Wikipedians, with practitioners was central to this experiment. Um, they also provided me with support and also with their reputation their names being on the award page and the award page being embedded, as you will see in a moment, in a national Wikipedia portal. So this is a meaningful award in the community. It's not just something that I spontaneously created. It took months. Um, with that said, the advantages of this experiment and of, uh, of um, launching a field experiment on Wikipedia, besides actually for on my own seeing which challenges are involved in creating an award program, program, uh, the advantages are that I can clearly identify the causal effect of a symbolic award on future performance. There is no material or career-related benefit that is um, implied that would come along with the award. Those individuals, those newcomers, contribute under pseudonyms. I could be economist123, nobody knows I'm Jana Gallus. So nobody from my peers, and I'm a newcomer in this community, nobody knows that I invested hours and days and weeks into Wikipedia and that I received an award. Importantly, also the control group, those newcomers who don't, do, did not receive the award are unaware of the award's existence. It's just one page among millions of pages. Um, so they don't know this award exists. So I'm not, when I'm comparing afterwards the retention rate of award recipients with non-recipients, I'm not actually measuring a loser's effect. Those others being demotivated, I'm just measuring the effect on award recipients. Last but not least, what is really interesting and nice with Wikipedia, I can observe all dimensions of activity, even the communication among editors. Because emails is, it's, it's meant to be transparent. Emails can be sent from one editor to another, but this is rare and it's really not encouraged because everything is meant to be transparent. So I can even see if a newcomer <coughs> communicates with his mentor, there are some uh, certain structure like the mentorship program, um, what, what is his response? I can see what he posts underneath the award. I can measure everything, which is quite unique. Just imagine this in a company, you have to hang employees these badges, which is now being done, interestingly, um, around their necks to be able to really identify whom they are talking with, and this is really um, difficult. In this experiment, people weren't aware that this is an experiment, so they were also not feeling observed. So this uh, Yana, I have yes. a quick question about the design. Um, so could you go back to the previous page? So would we say that um, anonymity is always, I mean, or put differently, um, is that the lowest possible bar, or are there situations where I might prefer to get an award anonymously? Meaning, the way you present it, mm -hmm. it sounds like, this is a beautiful experiment design, which it is, but it sounds like I have a very conservative test here for the impact of mm -hmm. an award because nobody knows that I received the award because I'm, you know, X, Y, Z, and it still works, that's very powerful. So that's kind of your story, which I believe. Mm -hmm. But could I make up another story saying sometimes um, I actually don't want other people to know that I received it, mm -hmm. not like put me in the limelight and kind of things that I, do, I, I don't want to have that kind of attention. Mm -hmm. So I might 
prefer to get an award and nobody knows about it. That's a very good point that I will also come back to later in the second part of the talk, in particular talking about the gender literature um, with this wallflower effect that Anita made me aware of in the context of public goods. So it is true, this could be, I cannot, from this experiment, I cannot say or exclude that in the real world there might be certain individuals who just don't want to be standing in the spotlight. So a negative spotlight effect, implications. This. This could be true, but from all the other evidence that we have so far, also from the other studies that I've run, for example, using observational data on the John Bates Clark Medal that I showed you earlier, um, or also on the fellowship of the Econometric Society, we observe a positive effect of awards, even if it is clearly linked to a face and to a real world, um, to a real world identity. I would still say that even in an, a non or pseudonymous context, it is important to find out what what motivates individuals, because as we know, the internet is is um, <laughs> becoming increasingly important. It's, it's like our lives in part. So it is still interesting to also look at policies that address that are set in an environment where people operate under pseudonyms. They could also react in completely different ways and. And we know that the, the environment in Wikipedia is quite harsh. So it is quite, I would say, this limits the general, generalizability, external um, generalizability of this experiment. That is true. But it doesn't make it irrelevant to, to study awards in this context. And in particular, combined with the other evidence that we have. But it's a, it's a good point. I should think about that even more. Um, this is just a job talk suggestion. Um, depending on who your audience is, but you might want to have um, one or two lines where you show the picture of the Wikipedia, saying, of course, everybody here knows, but to be a Wikipedian, here's how Wikipedia works. So who is an editor, and how, what is the entry point? Just summarizing it, not going in, just in case there are people who don't completely know yes. how, how one gets into it. Thank you, yes. Yeah, sometimes you become oblivious about, about this. I do have some pictures later on, but really only later on. I should have this more earlier, too, so that everybody's on the same online page. Uh, yeah, right. um, thank you very much, yeah. Okay, so now this is how, so Wikipedia, I should explain, has, uh, has different namespaces. So what we consume, the articles that we read, is just one among several. So there, this is the namespace zero, where you have articles that you read and that you can edit. Then you have the next namespace that is like the discussion pages. It's, I, I always tend to explain it like you have the front page, that's the article, and the back page that's like the discussion page where people can discuss content. Then we have the user accounts, that's my profile. We'll see later how such a user account can look, but too late, unfortunately, in the presentation. And then we have the flip side, which is the next namespace where people can contact me. Then we have portals that organize the work around specific areas, national portals, which we can see here, the portal Switzerland, but also portals that would be concerned about e economics or geography, mathematics, statistics. They just organize, serve as an organization you know, platform for Wikipedians to coordinate their work. Here we can see that I created this award page um, with the names of reputable editors on, on as the award committee, and it is embedded in the Swiss national Wikipedia portal. And the award that I place on the award recipient's discussion page where I can contact them 
um, looks like this. It's like a flower, you can see. It's a Swiss national symbol and um, has the, the usual terminology, but I made sure to not include any expectations in this award, not something like keep up the good work, just testing the award's effect. And it is signed by a group of the portal Switzerland. Basically, people read it as if it was signed by the portal Switzerland. Now, the experimental design, to briefly describe this, I every month I extracted the list of the previous month's newcomers, and then I applied some very basic and general rules that I had developed before, always the same rules, to make sure that I exclude, for example, company accounts or or yeah, secondary accounts or vandalis vandals to make sure that the award goes to people who deserve it for their, for their first edits and not to someone who just tries to embellish his or her own Wikipedia entry. Um, this left me with a pool of 370 on average potential candidates every month. And from this pool, I randomly um, bestowed the award or I randomly attributed 150 to the treatment group and the remaining editors remained in the control group. Note that all of them could have received an award because they all did some, and this is a newcomer award, award which makes it easier because we're not expecting the next Nobel laureate in here. These are newcomers. They can also still make mistakes, but we are recognizing their effort. And this has been done with the Wikipedians, and we all agree agreed on the standards that we would set for such a newcomer award. And um, now, we have certain theory from the literature, based on the literature, there are various reasons why we could expect these even purely symbolic awards to have a positive effect. Firstly, they are categorizing those individuals as belonging to the community, which could have a positive effect based on social identity theory. Then, and here mostly I focus on field experiments or papers done in an online co community context, mostly if I can, including both. Then we have um, status and reputation concerns that could explain why an award could be important. Even though it is just given to newcomers in this community, it confers a reputational capital on them that they could find motivating. And we know that people even just inherently care for their rank in, in um, communities or in performance hierarchies. Here we, by the way, have an interesting study about medals, but these were ex-ante medals that were promised to people who would donate blood. And the authors find that the medals, symbolic medals, have an effect, but only if they are promised to be made public with a newsletter and celebrating the person, the face, the face again, facial recognition, putting them on stage. Only if this was the promise part of the deal. So here in Wikipedia, as you rightly observe, we have nothing that would even come close to this celebration. Um, then recognition could, of course, be another potential channel for explaining the effect. People know they are being recognized. Their effort is being recognized in this crowd and very related. The evaluation potential theory, this comes from the social loafing um, background would predict that if people in a group context perceive their contributions to be identified and evaluated by others, they are less likely to engage in social loafing, or in this context, they are more likely to contri contribute to, to this group effort, to this group um, product. However, to make it a bit more um, exciting, also for me initially, there are also reasons why we could expect the awards to actually have a zero or even a negative effect. 
after all, coming back to social identity, those individuals are being categorized as newcomers, clearly not, uh, not even close to the middle of a performance hierarchy. This could be demotivating. Um, then they could be seen as cheap talk, as even awards in the real world are sometimes described, or just pieces of ribbon. And in this case, not even ribbon was involved. It's really just a digi digital symbol, so there's nothing material. Um, it could also signal to them that they've done enough. So this is, um, we have to remember, it's a public goods context, and apparently they are doing more than what is normal, nor more than the descriptive norm. So maybe they should pull back and wait for the others to do to do a bit, because they are, after all, just investing their own private leisure time, or work time, maybe. Um, and uh, recognition could become, could be premature. There's recent evidence in the context of Wikipedia that looks at peer-to-peer -peer rewards that edit, one editor can spontaneously give to someone else, and they found that it that it only has a positive effect if it's given to the top 1% of most productive editors and even the, the percentiles below from um, below the top 1%, there it actually had a negative effect of giving those individuals a random barn star, so a random token of recognition. So, and they, the authors argue it's because of um, the, because the, the recognition was premature, it came too early, and in this context here we're really looking at, at newcomers who are not even close to being among the top 10% of contributors. To the, to the last um, point that would, we could say ha can have a positive effect, it can also backfire if people perceive their contributions and their activity to be clearly observed and also evaluated by others, that could, have a con could give them the sense of being controlled, and as I said, that can crowd out their intrinsic motivation. So it is open. Let's come to, to the results, to the findings. Yes. Will you have a chance to look at removal of rewards at all, of the awards? Yes, I could. Yeah. Right, because that would be an interesting question for you for uh, crowding out of intrinsic motivation. Right? That mm -hmm. once the award is mm -hmm. gone, then I stop working because now I don't have an award anymore. Ah, yes. So first I thought you meant uh, whether someone takes away. Oh, no, because no. they can. They can. I could actually also look oh, at Oh, I this. didn't need to know that. Oh, mm -hmm. Where they could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can like hide. <laughs> I mean, it's a quite interesting. It, it also, again, it mirrors the non-virtual world where people actually make a statement by giving back their order, which we observe every now and then, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this reputation was a very fascinating issue, as we can see. Um, but I will later um, come to the point of what happens if there is no further award that they can get. Mm -hmm. So whether the award will persist, or whether they might actually that's a Exactly, because if there was motivational crowding out, we could still expect them to be motivated in the first month, and then when they notice that there's actually no further award to be gotten, and they've become sort of fixed on these sorts of external recognitions, they could pull back disproportionately so that we would observe that the treatment group is con discontinues its, its activity more than the control group who stays sort of constant, right, afterwards. So I will I will talk about this in a moment. Yes, please. Uh, could you go back one slide? Yes. You were at so the first thing that comes to my mind when you're talking about this research is uh, Eleanor Ostrom's work on uh, contributions to uh, common resource pools. And one of the things that, you know, she got the Nobel Prize for was that people are willing to contribute to this common resource pool uh, even when, you know, they're as far as I can remember from when I read her work, even when there isn't a reward from doing so, like 
there isn't some sort of prize that goes to the individual from doing so. Um, are you going to talk at all about how this work builds on uh, Eleanor Ostrom's work? If you're not, it might be a good idea to do so, just in terms of, you know, you're, you're bringing something really unique to that literature, mm -hmm. and so just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you for, in fact, it's quite ironic, so I really appreciate Eleanor Ostrom's work. Um, in fact, that was part of the what got me into economics also, although she's not an economist clearly. But this is what I find very interesting and I don't, don't uh, discuss it here. She in fact even um, extended her work um, in her late career um, to online contexts, to the um, online <coughs> comments, what she calls. I should, I should definitely look at this in detail. Thank you, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm also gonna make one more comment. Yeah. Um, on that, couldn't you be even more dramatic and saying this is the kind of community where people voluntarily contribute, mm -hmm. which has very, very different norms from many, for example, private sector organizations, mm -hmm. and the award could be an insult. Mm -hmm. I mean, because mm -hmm. I'm here because this is a different kind of community where we're not paid for our performance. Mm -hmm. This is all completely voluntary. Now, all of a sudden, we have to creep in of these extrinsic incentives. Couldn't that even undermine mm -hmm. the Wikipedia morale. Mm -hmm. that, so I think that slide would be even more dramatic that maybe it wouldn't work at all from the beginning because that is the kind of community of volunteers. Great, yeah. In fact, as a few, <laughs> it's interesting because in the English language Wikipedia, you have barn stars that I quickly talked about before, where, which have been inflated. So one token, I can just hand out those tokens. It's like it's not a, really an award because there's no committee and nothing, but it's like a peer-to-peer -peer token and everybody ends up having thousands of barn stars to dramatize it too a bit, um, or caricature it a bit. But the German language Wikipedia made a decision on this and decided to not adopt this system because in fact it would lead to this status-oriented culture although, and to this um, showing off. I guess that was one of the reasons. There might have been others. I wouldn't claim this is exhaustive now, this explanation. But it is right. I think at this point, well, this is now explaining the results already, but what could um, still explain the positive effect of the award, and here again the distinction between ex post and ex ante, incentive and reward, or reward and incentives comes in, because it's not um, an award that people can directly strive to achieve that I set up. It's rather a recognition that came as a surprise to them, as are the, the awards that we find interesting here which could explain why this sort of this perceived control and status-driven commu um, community um, was not at play and did not. I could imagine that setting up an award where you tell people, actually, I, we even discussed this with the I mean, I discussed it on a roundtable meeting, <clears throat> setting up an award where you clearly announce and tell people that if you only do 100 edits in one month, you can get this award. There are some contests. Um, this could, um, be this could meet um, negative reaction from the community because it's this an instrumental character and people uh, also might perceive that their social image motivation can be crowded out. In this case, they didn't know there was an award, so their social image motivation should still be okay because they, everybody knows they didn't know and they just received the award. But it's important in the award design, yeah. Mm -hmm. I will take this up and dramatize the previous slide if you want, it's great. Um, so coming to the findings, the analysis here considers 11 award cohorts. So 11 months in which I gave out the awards, 150 awards, keeping the others in my control group. 
and um, it's a total of slightly more than 4,000 subjects that we're talking about. So coming to the most important slide, it's a very basic slide to drive home this point too. Um, we can see, this is, if you remember anything like this, this is great, that the purely symbolic award increased the retention rate among newcomers for the following month by 20%. And this effect is statistically, but also substantively significant. It's purely symbolic. And I should also say this is a lower bound estimate. So the effect might be even bigger normally because many editors might not have even realized in this time span that they, or even at all, that they received an award on their personal, what is called talk page on their discussion page. They might not even be aware that they were recognized. So it's a low bound estimate. So you, you had a number of comments where people were saying, but it could have a negative impact, particularly because of this community. Or it, it seems like each one of those is an opportunity to say, what you're saying makes complete sense, and that should suppress any effect that I might yes, get. Yes. So that when you now get a quite enormous effect, yeah. In, in fact, yeah. that's after any subtraction yes, of effect. Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So even though some people might have been frustrated by getting this award, felt controlled, instrumentalized for any reason, um, we still find a positive effect in the retention rate. Now, um, I do only focus on the retention rate for a very um, specific reason. We could, of course, also think about the number of edits that people made to, uh, to um, identify the level of their performance. However, this is a tricky measure. It's used in the literature, in some of the literature, but in this specific context, I might have a systematic distortion because in the Wikipedia you have a rules that sh that should be read and telling editors that they should limit the amount of edits that they make. So whenever I'm working on an article on the Harvard Kennedy School, I should first of all look at the article and do this, for example, in a Word document and write the new passage and then just put it in in one edit, not in 100 edits because here I could make a change and push the save button and there push the save button and that would boost my, my edit count. However, if the award led to people respecting the rules or actually reading them in the first place, we could find a, even a negative effect of the award on this edit count metric because people might abide by the rule and say, okay, I do the work first at my homework and then I put all um, online in one edit instead of 100. So I'm on purpose not using this as the main outcome variable. Also, the question I'm addressing is really retention, so I focus on this. However, I still want to make sure that this retention effect is not driven by only minor article editing activities. So let's assume I receive this award. Oh, yeah, okay, I can do another, introduce another point in that one article, and that's it. So, so just saying that we want to make sure that it's not driven by just people who just do one other edit, and that's it. Um, so that's why I also look at these average marginal effects of the awards, just not focusing even on the, on the size of these effects, just seeing that um, the award also increased the share of editors who remain active uh, among editors who contribute one to four edits. And this is a metric used by the Wikimedia Foundation also to put the, the different numbers of, edit in, of edits into categories. Um, and it increased the number, this is five to 99, and then 100 plus. So the award increased the number, the retention rate, 
um, on all of these different activity levels, not just. So why is it, why are you getting a negative effect on the inactive people? Yeah, because this is the award decreased um, the rate the, the rate of people who become inactive by um, almost four percentage points. So it decreased the inactive, the category of people who are inactive, and it increased the category, the, the retention rate among people who, on average, who contribute in these um, classes. Wait, so that's a percentage of in the next period? Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. In the previous month, right. It's just focusing on the previous months. month. Also because I said I don't want to focus um, on this. I just want to, to have this as a backup to show and also show myself that I'm not just leading to an increase in people who just do trivial a trivial amount of work afterwards and that this could drive the retention rate. What is more interesting now, also as a supplementary analysis, I look at the, the treatment effect persistence that we briefly um, talked about before. So now, after this was all focused on the first month after the award bestowal, what do the numbers look like when we extend this time horizon? I should note that there were two other awards that they could receive after the first one, after two more months, and then after another three months. So all in the in the band, like within five months after the initial award bestowal. So it makes sense to extend the time horizon even further because then clearly there was no four star award. So it was the first one star award, two star award, three star award as the highest. And now let's see. What is the effect? Jana, yes. following up on Max, it's not what he said, but maybe what he meant. But what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is going back. Yes. So I'm actually following your intuition. People have a hard time understanding double negatives. Mm. You know, mm. decrease in inactivity is hard for people's mm. minds to grasp. So if you can show that positively, mm -hmm. not what he meant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I mean. Okay. And a behavioral observation. Yeah. So generally, if you talk about do positive impacts, the graph should be positive because that's how yeah. our minds work. And so that can be confusing for people to understand yeah. that it's decreased in some. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. the behavioral speak. So, um, so obviously, I, I needed help. Um, and Eris is giving one formula. Another formula is just um, saying in the period after. Um, so, so there's a variety of ways to make the, the chart just pop out clear. It's a very powerful chart. Um, but I was, just, I was distracted by it. There's a lot of information there to, mm -hmm. to, to follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will spend more time then on this. I wonder, would it help if it were a bar graph rather than like a line almost makes me think it's over time? So, yeah, I first tried the bar graph. I also um, used it as an ordinal variable. And just because what was important for me then was not just showing that the retention rates in those different categories were different and that the retention rate among award recipients is higher than the control group. But then that makes it difficult to get at the significance of the, at the confidence intervals, so to say, because I would be testing the same data over and over again, which is why then in like the next version I, of the paper I... Um, I think the information is great. Yeah. Okay. So it's just a matter of how to make it come, uh, make the watcher of your talk yeah. work less hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, so now talking about the treatment effect persistence, I did say that the awards, that there were two other awards that fell into this time span, <coughs> so six months, but we still observe that the treatment effect, the difference in the, treat, in, the, in the retention rate, sorry, continues to be significant even thereafter. So it can, after the initial award, for four more quarters does this award produce and a significant effect on the retention rates. I should also note that this can also be for other reasons. We know that receive well, we, I don't know, but receiving an award should um, draw more attention from others and positive feedback from others that could reinforce the award. However, all this positive feedback was triggered by the initial award. So I cannot say it's just the award and no other feedback. Yes. So after the initial award, are they aware that future awards exist, or are those awards also um, not? So I do not make them aware on their personal page, which is what they most likely just see. If they um, take the time to also go onto the award page, they will see that there will be a two-star and a three-star award, and that's it. Um, so here, just to interpret it, we see that the retention rate among the, among the award recipients was 52%. The retention rate among the con in the control group was 42, 47%. And this difference in the retention rates is clearly statistically significant. The more stars, the better. And one star shows us that this is statistically significant. And it then turns, after a year, after more than a year, it turns insignificant. But the effect still points into the right, the expected direction. So coming back to the possible explanations and to the channels. First, of course, this is a field experiment. This is not a lab experiment. So I'm not able to say what is the relative importance of the different channels. All I can do is take the data that I have and see whether each of those channels seems to be at she seems to have been at play, um, but I cannot say whether it was how important the different channels were. So coming to the social identity channel, I take what is in the literature. There have been, um, some authors have established um, metrics to proxy social identification. Now, if I identify with the community, I'm more willing to fulfill tedious behind-the-scenes work done behind the scenes, not the the work on this namespace, on the article namespace, that would give me credit and that would be counted by others, but actually work behind the scenes, like discussing those article contents, discussing rules, um, and engaging in this good citizenship behavior or organizational citizenship behaviors that usually does not give you any credit, as these um, quotes show. So this, these are established proxies in the literature. First I look at, and that's the most important variable here, I look at whether they stay active on any sort of talk page, any sort of discussion page, where they can discuss article content, rules, and coordinate their work. And I find, again, just looking here whether more editors remain active according to this category of activity, and I do find that it has a highly significant, the award has a highly significant effect on this category. So then looking at whether they are active on what is called Wikipedia meter pages. This is to organize work on Wikipedia. Um, just looking at this sort of activity, I also see that uh, the authors who received the award disproportionately engage in this coordination work. 
um, established rules, for instance, and guidelines. Then I also look at whether they are more willing to self-disclose, to present information on their, which I will later show on their personal, um, personal Wikipedia page, whether they are willing to tell others, for example, what their interests are so that others can then um, contact them if need be, if they're working on specific issues. It's highly interesting. Yeah. So, so if they disclose more information about themselves, this is helpful for others to get in contact with them. I also find that it led more authors to self-disclose on their personal pages, and lastly, also to respond to others on what is called their user talk page. Users are the editors, are the contributors, and their talk page is, again, the discussion page. They are more likely to respond to others on their discussion page. Yes, I just wondered, did you see a difference in gender on these results? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm thinking about how to get to this um, variable. It is difficult because people don't disclose their gender uh, on Wikipedia, which can be a good thing. We will, in the next part, um, look at this very briefly because there have been surveys that have been done among Wikipedia editors find to try to find out how many women we have now who are actually working on what is presented as the sum of all human knowledge. <laughs> but I will come to this. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. I was in a talk yesterday at the Berkman Center for Internet and Society. Yes. And a statistic was given that 91% of the Wikipedia editors yeah. are male. Yeah. So this statistic was from the Wikipedia survey 2011. There has been an, a follow-up study correction for survey response bias that I will also cite briefly in the second mm -hmm. part. So it really is a relevant question, um, showing that it could be only 84% of male editors. Mm -hmm. yeah. Still frustrating. So I, I, I adopted, like, I am being conservative. Later on, I will say more than 80% are male editors. Because of course, we could have a, a bias in the way people respond to the question of filling out a survey that is gender-driven. But I would, it would be very interesting to find out, maybe with a follow-up survey, trying to um, ask them some questions, even the, also the control group participants, to find out what their gender is. So there's more in this that I presenting, like for follow-up future studies. Good, very nice question. Um, so coming to the status and reputation concerns, I can look at data on social signaling, what has been done in the literature so far. So what I do is I just look who uses the award that I placed on their discussion page, so the flip side, that is not as visible, who used this award and put it onto their front page. This is the award graphic. Some put the graphic and the text, some actually in Luckily for me, uh, a recipient in the first round created this, what is called Babel. So people, we will see this now here. This is the page that should have come earlier. <laughs> this is a user page. I just blanked the name, it's XYZ. Here would be the username. Although this is pseudonyms, I still don't want to expose anybody. Um, and then they post those Babels that are meant to quickly describe someone speaking German and whatever. What are the interests? There are now a number of Babels, but then they can also put in this award graphic that quickly shows, like this, I, I um, imagine it as a label pin. They just put this pin here so people can quickly see. And they are bigger than the label pins in reality that you can never decipher. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then they can also click on this, of course. And then um, some put the bigger award graphic on their user page, and, and some put some more comments on it, and some actually started, as you can see here, a category about awards, this is German, about awards where they would now 
uh, put all the awards that they get onto it, so they really take pride in this status and reputation. No surprise here does play a role, even in Wikipedia and even for newcomers, because it gives them the reputational capital that they can later on use for the, their future career as a Wikipedian. Now, coming to recognition and confidence, I can draw on anecdotal data, which is in fact quite rich. The problem is I'm an economist, so this is qualitative, um, but I still find it interesting what they post under their award as a response or on our award page or onto other people's pages. So here I just various examples. I won't read them out, but it has recognition in it. <laughs> it's the, my translation here. The last one um, indicates that there could even be confidence that's involved, self-confidence, because it says basically and that the award um, encourages individuals to take on more demanding tasks. So this one says that the, the, the editor initially just came to do an edit every now and then, correct? and then just correct some things, but now she's actually working on her first, uh, first article, a whole article. And turns out later on she even recruited other people who then joined Wikipedia and so became very, here in that case I know it's a female um, editor, became very motivated just through this award. Um, now coming to the evaluation potential theory, I feel that my inputs are being observed and evaluated by others. I have another quote that indicates that editors, although the award doesn't say what it was given for, it's very general terms, as awards are normally, like general, like lifetime achievement or great your engagement effort, um, they actually attribute their award receipt to specific actions of theirs. In this case, to a specific article they have contributed. So I received this award for my first article. And this is someone writing his or her mentor. As I briefly mentioned, there are mentorship programs. So this also indicates that the award could have a positive spillover effects on others who are being thanked for their mentorship because without the mentor's help, this individual would clearly had no chance to get the award. So in a way, a petal of this, of this flower belongs to you, positive spillover. <laughs> but what I would actually wanted to say is evaluation potential seems to also be at, be at play, so they perceive their inputs to be identified and also in a way evaluated. To conclude about this randomized control trial, we see that even purely symbolic awards can be used to sustainably um, motivate knowledge workers to contribute to a group product. And this is important, it's important because this um, holds where other incentives clearly fail, where what economists have so far mostly focused on, monetary incentives, couldn't even be used. Um, and where the awards is highly community specific, I cannot use the Edelweiss, well, maybe they could, <laughs> no. Um, and link it to my real, my, my non-virtual identity. So it's highly community specific and it's given to new newcomers to that community. It seems to be pulling them in through the various, because of the various reasons that I enumerated. And the possible channels are um, the ones that we just discussed. For the second part, like the transition, we will now be focusing on the recognition and confidence part. And this is where we're getting even more, uh, more directly to gender issues because um, and the issue that I the, the challenge the next challenge from one challenge to the, to the next one in the context of knowledge production will be to encourage high ability women in male type fields to contribute their ideas to 
not no longer engage do this under contribution. They, although they are highly able, they hold withhold their ideas. And this clearly, it has been shown, has to do with um, their beliefs about their own ability. But to draw, to have a link here also, this is where I'm talking about Wikipedia again. Wikipedia also has this under-contribution problem, but because there are not enough women, apparently, from what those surveys, these are the surveys that you, that you uh, mentioned, uh, indicate this, the Wikipedia editor survey, and then Hill and Shaw, who corrected it for possible survey response bias, and they show us that there are more than 80%, and probably even more, um, editors are male, and this has led to outrage, just as the retention problem has, in fact, also it has been taken up by The Economist and other newspapers. Here we see that people are debating or asking where the women are on Wikipedia, and this is important just as probably if you've come to the seminar for a couple of times already, you heard about the portrait problem, that there were no female portraits on the walls. Well. If there are not enough editors, there will also not be enough portraits on the Wikipedia walls or in this encyclopedia, in this, as I said, purported sum of all human knowledge. So it clearly matters that women contribute. In other contexts, we do have women, so the problem is not that there are not enough women, but women seem to be under-contributing their ideas. If they are working, this is a recent study, um, but also based on other studies here that I cite, if they are working in male-type domains, think mathematics, um, they, even, even if they are highly able, they tend to not voice their ideas and contribute their ideas to the group because of those beliefs, self-stereotyping and underconfidence. So the question is, for policy prescriptions, what are possible solutions? Um, private feedback about my relative ability has been found to be ineffective. So it has not led high ability individuals in gender incongruent fields to contribute their ideas more? Yes? One of the things that I think is interesting, if you flip to your prior slide, um, uh, the one right after the graphic that had all the faces. Um, yeah. So it is a male type dominated field, but what's interesting is it wasn't a transparently male dominated field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the outset. Correct. Mm -hmm. And one could have attended a talk or read from the survey to know that 85% is male, but an average user is likely not to know that they're in a male-type dominated field, which sets it apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where we have other fields where when women or any non-traditional entrant participates, they know they're in a non-traditional field and therefore have intrinsic and extrinsic effects of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so one, I think one would have to really assess how the individuals who are less represented, whether or not they are truly responding to the fact that they're an unusual actor in that space. Because if the women don't know that it's all male, then the effect isn't because they believe they're in a male type field. And two, because Wikipedia isn't compensated monetarily, mm -hmm. you have multiple things going on. Mm -hmm. It's not just that women are under-contributing, they're under-contributing in a place where they don't receive the benefit mm -hmm. that they're normally receiving in other fields when they contribute. Mm -hmm. And because we have huge data that women have more demands on their time, mm -hmm. there may also be a very significant effect based on if women are going to contribute additional mm -hmm. labor, if it's non-compensated labor, how does that fit in 
Yeah, and because it's expert, so predominantly you're seeking knowledge workers. Yeah. So yeah. you're probably dipping into a pool that is in the double tax set for females. Yeah. That are likely yeah. to be working in a paid labor force and unlikely to have additional responsibility for caretaking and other yeah. you know, underrepresented um, care work. And then within the labor force that they're in, they're likely to have more work that they have to do with non-promotables. Mm -hmm. So how then they assess their time. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I just know this from big buckets, Swiss but data, but like the volunteering sector, yeah. where you can observe that women um, do less formal volunteering, but of course the informal volunteering, like the family duties yes. that they already have which might be keeping them away from Wikipedia. Levels. So I'm not an expert on what is holding women back in this week. It's right, it's very interesting. They don't know, there's no gender category labeled on Wikipedia and you have articles that are perfectly female typed, you would say, on um, as what is reflected from the lab experiments, what is used as a male type and female typed category is also on Wikipedia. So it's interesting why in general, you're right, why in general there are less women, probably for the second reason you gave that they have other duties they already fulfilling. You made a brief comment earlier about the environment being harsh. Mm. I forget what word you use. Could you say mm. that? Yeah. So this is also actually comes up here. So the antisocial factor, um, more about power than gender. So <coughs> because that's one hypothesis, because people contribute rather anonymously or as pseudonyms nothing will reflect onto their real life identity, right? So you can be as rude as you want and time saving as you want, just a rude comment. Nobody will ever link this to your real identity. That could be one, or maybe it might even be a sort of channel where people can vent their anger, you know, but this is not to generalize. I mean, there is still not to keep you away from Wikipedia because it's still very, it's great work and there are, there are incredibly motivated individuals contributing. It's just like the, gen the, the, the general stereotype about the work on Wikipedia is rather that it's a harsh culture, as you can see also here on these comments. And there's no limit to how much you can actually t discuss things and how productive this is. Um, open. Yeah. Just a note that even though I completely agree that this is an effect in WikiHow, that is a very big wiki on how to do random stuff, we have a close close to 50% mm. of gender distribution. Mm. So, and you would have a very similar volunteer-based, no, no monetary rewards at all. But they introduce stuff like uh, Gratitude-based re informal rewards, or uh, I mean, it's more social mm. than Wikipedia. It had a different starting point. Like in Wikipedia, it was basically geeks in the beginning. Mm. I mean, more related to open source world, where we have a one two percent of female versus ninety-eight percent of male. So I th the starting point was different. The the, the climate that you generate that might be much more masculine harsh. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think we can work a lot <laughs> on Wikipedia and online communities to be much more gender neutral than what we do. And I think it's a real problem, regardless if it's true that in formal volunteering, we would have uh, these issues as well. Just a quick follow-up, just as an example, it is way easier to just revert what someone has done, like a negative action, than to actually 
give them positive feedback. Now there have been some changes to in the editor to allow you to do a positive feedback also as quickly as the negative free word, but that could also already just time being a scarce resource explain why this is also. Yes. I just want to make the point that um, a factor that explains the discrepancy, the gender gap uh, in editorship, might be uh, the pipeline. So there might be fewer women. Uh, in the pipeline, which explains why there are fewer women in editorship. So I think one way to try and understand if that is the case and possibly rule it out is to look at what kinds of things these editors are doing before they become editor. Like what, what types of roles are they in and whether there are gender discrepancies in those roles um, that are typically you know, uh, assumed prior to becoming uh, a Wikipedia editor. It just might be worthwhile mm -hmm. to, to do kind of you know, look, look in the data I'm not sure it could be, so this is a great suggestion, it could be difficult because I would only, I could only track back individuals who ended up being editors and then survey them in a way, so I would have a slight survivorship bias in that I can only observe who actually ended up being a Wikipedia and not the ones who, who looked at it with their prior history and then decided to actually not come because I don't know who looked at it and didn't join. But um, I think definitely doing some more work on those Wikipedians' backgrounds could give us uh, very valuable insights. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so the question is, of course, again, we're talking about what symbolic recognition. Yes? Oh, I was just thinking about the culture. Thank you for acknowledging my thought. Um, thinking about the culture instead of the maybe hostility or hostile nature um, that's being described. And then I saw a note there that there is less or there's more gender balance in like Yelp and Flickr mm -hmm. and some of the other more social um, platforms. And so just picking up on your point around like the variability of the social factor mm -hmm. um, in these platforms is do you think that there's sort of like more of a effect of awards um, in um, different settings based off of how socialized the platform is versus non-social. So like, do you think that mm -hmm. awards would be more effective in one setting versus another? Um, That's a great point because <laughs> it's important when we talk about awards, their value is de determined by their scarcity. Mm -hmm. So if you're in an environment where everybody has an award, an award could be less meaning, could have a smaller effect because there are so many of them, as mm -hmm. it is actually the case in society. We have an ingenious ability about differentiating still different mm -hmm. awards and creating still new ones. Mm -hmm. But of, yeah, it is right. There's, it is difficult to penetrate a field where there are many awards already, even if you create a new label mm -hmm. for your award. That well, is true. And to the point, well, even. I think beyond just the scarcity and the, the limit is just that if there's a setting that's more social, people may be more encouraged to actually care if someone knows that they have mm -hmm. an award versus in a setting that, so I'm wondering if the results would be even more um, mm -hmm. impressive or if awards would have more of an effect in or less of, a, of effect in a setting where people care more about people's perceptions of them socially yeah. um, versus in a, in a place where it's not as important yeah. um, to the functioning. Yeah, right. Yeah, in mm -hmm. Wikipedia we might have a self-selection of people who care a bit less about the social mm -hmm. um, aspect and still it works. So there are various reasons so if you study awards in a different field, you really have to 
take into account the particulars about that field, how much recognition is given there, what's the kind of people who self-select into the field. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, right, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, just following up on uh, the most recent comment, so uh, these sort of social platforms like Yelp, I think are very much affected by the age of people contributing. Mm -hmm. So I bet if you look at the gender composition of Yelpers, um, there would be fewer women as age increases because of uh, Victoria's comment about, you know, family obligations are getting more, you're not paid for it, so if you choose between, you know, watching the kids and contributing this thing. So my question is, do you have age information of these editors? No. That would be really cool. I, I bet if you cut it by age, you would see that the younger pool of editors might see more women and the older pool of Maybe not. You do have age information in those surveys, um, that, but again, there might be a survey response bias that doesn't tell us really. Also, with the award recipients and the control group, I don't know how old they are. I can approximate it in some um, way by looking at who selects to become a young Wikipedia member. So there is a group of young Wikipedians. Um, and look at this, but this is just a tiny fraction also of people who are aware. Are you getting to data on gender? Because if you are, we should let you yeah. get there. Yeah, I'm not on data on gender. I'm not getting on data, but okay. it's a. Um, so I would also like to move on now, um, to because I want to get your opinion on this. As I said, it's a very early stage. It's really um, very. Um, how do you say? well? Your in any event, your feedback is really highly important at this stage because it's really just the beginnings of what might become a future study. So the question here is, can those can recognition, symbolic recognition, foster women's self-confidence in male-type fields and make them more willing to contribute their ideas to a group context? Can awards help? Um, and awards, studying the effects of awards and not just of feedback, we could also come up, and it's important to compare awards with feedback, private feedback, that's what distinguishes it versus the public award. Um, but also studying awards, is important for other reasons. So self-confidence is one. Identity, seeing the certificate on the wall that I'm a math genius. Well, I certainly am gifted in maths, apparently. So this is this identity issue that could come to play. Status and reputation concerns. But also, and this is why I have this slide here, why awards in this context are in, play an important role. They have an effect on third parties. After all, they could even shape what is the stereotype itself after a sufficiently long amount of time. This would not be the subject of a lab experimental study for sure, but um, seeing they, they establish role models and then um, seeing those role models over and over again, they could shape what is the stereotype of this of the category itself. They also confer attention and Merton's what Merton termed the Matthew effect. Um, that's what they produce. So peop those people who receive awards get more resources and become more able to live up to their capacities, capabilities. And lastly, and actually, by the way, there are quotas that are introduced for some orders. So that in Germany in 2006, there was a quota that was introduced for the state order so that 30% um, of award recipients should be female of the order of merit, after all. There should be enough women also in the pipeline here, so this should not be a pipeline problem, right? And lastly, um, this is the role model effect is more also for younger, aspirant, um, younger women, but this identification and basking, what is called sometimes, I like the term, basking in reflected glory, is also at stake. So women who are already at that stage, or even retired, could still um, take 
a positive, get a positive utility from this effort being recognized, the effort that has been provided by women. But now we focus on the self-confidence. I just let's remember, and this is really open for discussion, we have six more minutes, and it's really, um, I just outlined certain three important aspects that I got from the gender literature that would be important to take into account in, when designing awards. So the goal is to correct the self-assessments and have high-ability women in particular contribute their ideas. Um, we have to consider, that's what I, now just to focus it a bit, is first there's literature on um, a gender gap in that there's an, a certain aversion to standing out, and this was also in the paper on the, what's termed the wallflower effect in a public goods context, or that women are more inequality averse. Also results showing that where performance is not clearly objectively, um, where we cannot identify it objectively to 100%, there might be a biased evaluation, so we might end up having more men receiving awards, and we know all, well this is now very small, but we know how difficult it is to assess knowledge workers, not only the performance of those knowledge workers, but also the effort, and we certainly do not want, and want to end up at a stage where people just have to grim us to, to signal that, that uh, they are actually working to differentiate and to show their effort. So, so it, is, it is a problem when we're coming to, not, when we're talking about knowledge work, but it is not specific to awards. So even if um, the manager recognizes, disproportionately recognizes merit in male um, workers, this is not something that awards only, that is only limiting for awards. Lastly, the last point of the three is we should consider the competitiveness gap, uh, gender gap that women found in numerous studies, in particular if they are in a gender um, incongruent area, they are less competitive when they are working on their own. The result becomes slightly different when they are working in a group, but um, these are the three aspects to consider. And now, th thinking about how to design awards that work in such a context, given these certain limitations that we have to be aware of. Aversion to standing out can be addressed by varying the degree of publicity of an award. And I'm happy to hear what you think about this. So it doesn't need to be necessarily this open, overt celebration in front of thousands of people. It can also be a certificate shown in a, in a room among fellow co-workers, and that limits the publicity. So there is a degree. The degree of publicity can be varied with awards, and also we should have a comparative evaluation of how awards work compared to private feedbacks. Now, from the signaling literature, we know it should be a signal of ability that the recipient herself believes in and that changes her self-assessment, right? And what determines in part the strength of signals is that the signal is costly. The costs are produced and are higher for awards than for private feedback because for one, the, the giver puts his reputation on the line or her reputation because I'm publicly giving this positive feedback and publicly endorsing this person, not just privately. And I could, and that's the second point. I could give private positive feedback to everybody without others seeing it. The publicity also limits the amount of awards that can be given for them to be valuable. So there's a, an opportunity cost. I cannot give the award to I, the principal or the giver decided to not give the award to other individuals, but decided to give it to this specific knowledge worker, female knowledge worker in that case, and that has a strong signal. Also, when we're talking about aversion to standing out, 
Um, group awards can be a point to consider. They might be more, more effective in this gender context than individual awards. The next point was bias performance evaluations. This shows us, to make it now very brief, that the decision-making process is key in this respect, so how um, the, this award is designed and how the decision is made. You could combine, for example, top-down with bottom-up, and you can imagine that there are interactions also if it's a single um, individual manager, give, maybe even with gender, male manager given, giving an award to a female recipient that could have a, another effect, that could somehow dilute the signal potentially. Um, than if it's a group who decided to honor that candidate. And there are various combinations that are possible, for example, by peers having a suggestion system, which we observe also in the real world in companies, that others can suggest a specific candidate, which they, it's like the 360 degree feedback. They see that someone actually is working hard and ha has ideas, some might not be perfect, but constantly working and some are, are successful, they suggest that individual and then management decides um, on whom to honor. And the last point is the competitiveness. And here again, we're coming back, and this is also the end now, we're coming back to the, um, to the distinction between ex-post rewards and ex-ante incentives. And here, this is a clear um, call for looking more at ex-post rewards because this limits the degree of competitiveness. If the award is given ex post as a surprise, there's no competition really, not necessarily at least. It reduces the amount of competition that will be produced. With that, if there are, I was not sure how long um, the discussion would go on, but in fact, it's quite, it's great. This is the last slide. I did produce some other questions for discussion, but yes. Your research is at the of volunteers, and you said that you have uh, a prior experience in the private sector in the insurance company. Are the effects the same, the effects of the incentive that you spoke about? That's a great question. So it's, um, there could be an interaction between money and awards. So in, and this could go into various directions. So if you have money and the award comes on top of money, it might produce a stronger signal that, and might add value to the monetary bonuses. And then you have the situation where you give prize money on top of an award where there was no money. So the signal is a different one. It could reinforce the award's effect because, as I said, the costs are increased, so the signal strength is also enhanced. I would predict, I don't have, there's no, the literature on awards is just in its beginnings. This is one of the very interesting aspects to be considered in the fu in future research. There's no comparative evaluation on like um, effect sizes of different, of similar awards in different, let's say, public goods context versus private um, sector context. It's a, it's a good question. Also, for various reasons, self-selection, the motivations of individuals. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for really interesting talk. Do you have a couple minutes if there's people who want to stay and ask you additional sure. questions? Sure. I also have my email address. Oh, there. marvelous. Um, so, Yana, thank you so much. <laughs> and you'll have to let us know when more work has taken place on the topic if you'd like to return and tell us what the next oh, sets of that We'll have to give Yana an award. <laughs> <laughs> And we will not have a seminar next week. 
The week after that, we'll be joined by Celia Moore, Assistant Professor of Organizational Behavior at the London Business School. She's giving a talk on the advantage of being oneself, the role of self-verification in a successful job search. Mm. And it's very interesting. Thank you, everyone.